Good morning, welcome to Six Music. John Richardson here. Hello, friends. You're listening to what was, let's be honest, quite a hardcore uh, rave sort of start to the show. But never mind, it's uh, Six Music, it's John Richardson. We're going to do the show as per usual. Glad you're with us. It's a cracking day. I'm in a very good mood. Uh, so there'll be no people hate today. Uh, let's be honest, that's not true. Uh, I will hate people after a while, but texting lovely stuff. What we're going to do, we're going to do Am I Normal. Uh, we're going to do One Good Deed again, so if you've done anything nice this week at all, don't be afraid about bragging. Text it in 64046 or email russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. I'm joined as ever by a guest in the studio who we'll be meeting in a moment. His name is John Robbins. Now, we can't have two Johns in the studio. This is It's never happened before. It will never happen again. So what we need initially, could you please help us out, we need a nickname for the man currently known as Other John. Now, I personally prefer to sort nicknames out before you know anything about John. I think that's funnier. So just text in random nicknames. He likes food, he owns his own bowling ball, and his <laughs> name is John Robbins. Uh, so 64046, just sort out a random nickname for John. I'm also joined in the studio, as per usual, by the Rossbot 3000. Hey John, you look troubled. I am Rossbot. What's happened this week? We've had a new feature loaded. As you know, every week, new software. This week we've loaded the Sarcasm software onto the Rossbot 3000. I'm not sure that was an altogether good idea. Are you, are you sure, Russell? Ooh, John, I like skidders me. Well, there's just no need for that level of sarcasm. Now, we've got nicknames coming in. I should have cleared up. Now, half of them are quite offensive. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is fine, but I can't read them out, even though I have laughed at them a lot. You're not looking at them, John, until they come out of my mouth. Um, so, John Robbins, uh, nickname, Wrinkles Robbins. <laughs> I quite like that one. Um, he's got a fat person's laugh, apparently. You laugh like a fat well, person, You John. did introduce me as being interested in food and having my bowling ball, so they probably think I'm some fatty. Well, some people, a lot of people are picturing um, uh, Big Lebowski, the, the big character. Oh, John Goodman's character. Well, I'm happy with that, actually. Yeah, you see, that's the problem. I forgot to clear I don't want him to have a cool nickname. There's no cool nicknames on this show. It's got to be something not sort of rude and derogatory, but just nothing that makes him sound cool. Well, how so about someone we said stick nicknames... with Iceman? Stick with Iceman as if I've ever called you Iceman. <laughs> the nickname I uh, have for John is uh, Malcolm because he looks like Malcolm in the middle when he takes his top off, but that's because we used to live together. I've died like Russell Howard. <laughs> Starts with all this homoeroticism and I swore I'd never do it. Uh, someone's texted in DJH. I don't know if that's DJ. H, like Wiki Wiki Wah Wah, or just an abbreviation of a name. I've got my own bowling ball. I've maybe used it four times. I would have used it more, but I don't want it to get scratched. How often have you used your bowling ball, John? Uh, was that text from someone that knows me and my bowling ball's relationship intimately? Because that is about right. Because I once used it at uh, a mega bowl, uh, which I'm never going to do it again, because it came back first time from the uh, the pin alley, and it had got chunks taken out of it, and I took it to the guy. That's the... where you put your fingers in, mate. Oh, nice. Uh, I got little, no, little nicks taken out of it. I took it to the guy at the shoe stand. He said, well, you know, nothing I can do. And I said, well, that's that's £100 worth of bowling ball. I had to pay. <laughs> I, my then-girlfriend at the time bought it for me, and I had to pay her back in instalments. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a gift, that... then? No. She gave me the money. I'm going to start doing that. Happy birthday is your present. Pay me back <laughs> when you want. Um, someone says Sonny Jim. Um, and, as you know, it makes me sound overly northern. Someone says uh, expletive deleted and then the word scrotum. Uh, I quite like scrotum. I don't quite like scrotum. I like scrotum as a nickname. <laughs> well, John. <laughs> Someone says strike and then my favourite so far, although it's difficult to abbreviate from Ben, is Grandpa Fuzzy Lumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very good one. 
Um, but difficult to abbreviate. So I'll keep those coming in for the next few minutes and then we will decide on one. It needs something that I can quickly turn to, a little short one. Fuzzy Lumpkins is good, but it also sounds a bit romantic. Grandpa sounds a bit sinister. Do I get any... You get no say in this whatsoever. Well, That's the thing about a nickname. It just comes in of its own accord. Um, so, uh, yeah, keep those coming in. We'll sort them out. Now, um, John, have you got any? I'll give you a right to reply. Have you got anything to say? Well, Do you want to influence your nickname in any way? Um, well, I, when I used to work um, in uh, a normal job in City Street, uh, I tried to get the nickname Dragon instigated, and once someone called it me over the kind of in-shop tannoy, and it was immediately put a stop to by the manager. Right. And, you know, that's when I basically said, I can't do this shit, I can't <laughs> do this stuff anymore. Why did you want apologies for that? Why did you want the name Dragon? Um, you know, it kind of sums up many facets of my personality. Yeah, and your personal hygiene and your complexion. <laughs> um, alright then, well, you'll get what nickname you're given. What did you uh, think of the track? I liked that, yeah, it was nice, it was gentle, a bit chilled out vibe for a Sunday morning, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's lovely stuff. It in reminds, a field. It's kind of a, uh, reminds me of being in between the sheets in a... Bed. Sorry, in a, maybe a, not a, not a, a, a sex situation, but a kind of a romantic situation. Sorry, right. I should have thought about that sentence before I said it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good, you know. That's a so. nice thing for people to think of. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Um, and you, yeah, I mean, your, your, your music choice very much influenced by my 100% Belters, really, isn't it? No, well, no, actually, and I've got to call you up on this, it's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> well, because we last week... hands-on hips moments already. <laughs> last week, you played Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd, right? And only a week before, I'd had you in my bedroom, and I'd forced you to listen to Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd, and you went, and I said, listen to this amazing bit, and you went, Oh, was that it? Was that the amazing bit there? Well, you'll have to turn this off. And next week, not only are you playing it on the radio, you're passing it off as your own music choice. No need choice. to shout, John. I'm sat right here. Just calm down. And... And you didn't even play the excellent live version with Van Morrison and the remaining members of the band. You played the album version, which, if anything, is a bit watery. I'm beginning to really regret getting you in the studio. Um, <laughs> I picked Comfortably Numb because it uh, fitted into a story I was talking about and I researched the show and fit music appropriately because I'm a very skillful DJ, John. Uh, secondly, that when you showed me in your room, you showed me it on YouTube and you showed me a video and you said, oh, there's this amazing bit in this video where there's like this massive wall and he like comes out with a, a syringe and he injects the wall. No, that's not true. I said, ignore the bit with the massive wall and the syringe. That's just a bit cheeky. You tied me to a chair and you <laughs> said, watch this or I will you cut you. You brought the chair. John. But, but the amazing bit is when Van Morrison comes out to sing uh, the chorus with real kind of gusto. Three times. Three times, John. Yeah, Van Morrison, Van Morrison, Van Morrison. If you've got a lyric, why not say it three times? It still counts. Um, nicknames coming in. This is really fired off. Um, I'm beginning to wish I'd got a nickname of my own. Obviously, I've, uh, I've stolen my nickname. It's Big Boy. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's forever to stay now. Uh, someone says, Racist Dave. Um, I won't be calling well, him that. Uh, Dicky Ricketts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think John's nickname should be Adolf, as it has seen a real downturn in naming fashion. Oh, he's know. just slipped in a little joke there, isn't Yeah, he? that's from Tom in Siren, which I assume is short for Sirencester. <laughs> he's a very cool dude. I live near Sirencester, let's hock up. Um, I had a lovely lunch in Cricklade this week. Lovely. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, someone's texted in one from, uh, Barton Fink, which I watched this week for the first time. It's a real cult movie, and cult generally means nothing happens, but you have to pretend to like it because other people do too. Um, if you like Scrotum, someone says, you could go with Scrotesy. Oh, no thank you. <laughs> well, the fact that you don't like it makes me more oh. inclined to pick it. Roly? Would you like to be called Roly? What on, uh, that's got nothing- how are these people meant to come up with nicknames for me when they don't know my- my great facets? 
I don't want your facets. I want because the thing is, if I call you a nickname and it catches on, then you will become like your nickname. So if I call you Roly, you'll put on a lot of weight. Um, I think you should nickname him Simon. Uh, someone says I quite like that. Call John Borjors, preferably said in a Glaswegian accent. Oh, it's probably that might be a swear word in Glasgow, so don't read it out. Right, are you they pretty might... big in Glasgow? Are you, <laughs> yeah, I got a big fan base there, but right. don't read because that might be a swear. Red Robins go Bob Bobbins. <laughs> Ten Pin J Dog. Oh, I like both of the good J Dog. I'm happy with that. I quite like Ten Pin to be honest. Uh, Ten Dollar. Mm. <laughs> They're starting to get slightly more street. Someone says, is he like a monkey? Uh, technically we all are. Is it 98% or something? Mm. Uh, you could call him Clyde or Bubbles. And that's from a man himself called Dredge. I'm oh, hoping geez. it's a man, because for a man you can imagine he's into grunge music, but if a woman's called Dredge, that's, I imagine that's something horrible. Uh, Bruiser Shoeshine. That is sweet. Yeah, how about Sniffly? No, that's not quite so sweet. I'm oh, happy this with, is I want to stick with J-Dog. Well, I think we might have a winner. The Claw. <laughs> um, how about calling John Diddley Moe? Um, loving it. I think he's got a very Russell Howard laugh. He has got a bit of a Russell Howard laugh. You do laugh a bit like Russell Howard. Oh, God. Bit hackneyed, mate. Um, hi, nicknames for... Oh, already I like you, Ed. Uh, nicknames for Tother John. I oh, that's like good, to, I'd quite like to call you Tother. Um, the Face. Mmm. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise I was going to make that noise. There is a theme to these. Uh, B.A. Mmm. Uh, Hannibal. Mm. Captain H.M. Howling Mad Murdoch. Yeah, quite like Features. That. Or Peaches. Laughing Boy. Um, I stick with the claw. Right. I, I like the claw I'll so I'll put far. that on my helmet. Morning, John. How's about Spanky? Um, I think that's to do with the nicknames, otherwise it's an invitation to do something <laughs> in Hull, which I'm probably not... I am in Hull in the next couple of weeks. And you do have a personalised paddle as well, so... I do, yeah. It'd be a shame. I don't want to use it, though, because it gets scratched. Um, John the Beige. Whoa. Is that someone on the webcam just wearing a beige top? It We're both be, in beige, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's that kind of year. Um, touchy. <laughs> um, Rooster McToot. Oh, that's Ooh, very Rooster good. Rooster McToot. Yeah. And that's that sounds... Pickers. That's Pickers, who also said The Claw. He's nominated The Claw and Rooster McToot. I'm guessing, Pickers, if you've got friends, they've got very cool nicknames. Um, someone says, thanks for starting uh, with a bit of Underworld to get the Sunday going. Surely New John should be called Fingers, as in John Fingers Robbins. What do you mean, as in John Fingers Robbins? That doesn't make well, they put sense. it in inverted commas, as if... Is there a musician, Adams, you know about stuff? Is there, like, a famous bass player called John Fingers Robbins? Or is that, a, is that why you're not allowed... That, that man there. Yeah. Is that why you're banned at Christmas? I have got long fingers, though. Um, and you have brought this up because you once drew a sketch of me uh, put it on my bedroom. <laughs> I draw a lot of sketches. You put it on my bedroom door, and it was quite funny, but it was it was worryingly detailed. Uh, but you used to, because you and Russell used to call my fingers my Merlins. Yes. Because they're so long and spindly. Yeah, you'll have got wizard's hands. <laughs> um, Alex votes for Chunderbucket. No. Why not? Straight off, that's a no. Why? Because that's horrible. What's, that's no, nothing endearing about that. Do you know, this is odd, because another one says, uh, I suggest Touchy John, as in oversensitive, nothing dirty from Dean Lansing. But a few people have gone for, like, Touchy. So I think we're going to have to go for something Touchy. Why? I'm not Touchy. Well, the people have spoken, John, and the people have decided that you are Touchy, the you Touchy The people also call, had, had cool names as well. I'm not particularly Touchy, but, you know, I'll fight my corner. Great song there, Phil Collins. Thanks, <laughs> 3000. Thanks very much. My Moon, My Man by Faust. Uh, I could go all literary there and tell you, that, you know, that could be about Federico Garcia Lorca and his fascination with the moon, but I won't. Uh, so, nicknames. A few in. We've got to wrap this up now. 
Now, you're not happy with what uh, with what has come out, you know, the outcome as the winner. Uh, but that's exactly what I wanted. Uh, we had a few last-minute ones in. Shiny Ring. Well, that's clearly from someone who can see us on this webcam internet that you've got set up here. That's so all I'm, new technology in London, I'm, mate. I'm taking my ring off. Right. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and could you take those necklaces and bangles <laughs> off as well, please? Not appropriate. To carry on the dragon theme, why not call him Puff? No, I'm not happy with that either. That's from David. Well, I'll put, we'll have that as your middle name then, in inverted oh. commas. Uh, perhaps Jester Robbins. Well, that's more of a kind of a, a moniker, kind of calling card. I can't call you moniker. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got gender issues. Always on, always on. I'm always on. I've been on all night. I just make jokes in my sleep. Incredible. I think that's why I'm single. Um, how about Ron Jobbins? You see what they've done mm. there? It's simple to say, and while sounding similar to his original name, is significantly different. Or call him balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's from James. Thanks, James. Um... No, I'm not happy with balls. Um, so it's time for Am I Normal now. People have been texting in. Now, John, uh, welcome to Am I Normal. This is where Thank you're you, a weirdo, but it's all right. Is it all right to be a weirdo? It's all right to be a weirdo, yeah. Okay. So what, what have you got for us? What's your personal Am I Normal? My personal Am I Normal? Well, um, it's... Oh. <sighs> yeah, it's, I mince every time people ask me personal <laughs> questions. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not that weird, I don't think, but maybe the extent to which I take it is quite weird. I, ever since I was a kid, I've always had to listen to audiobooks before I, in order to fall asleep, or as I call them, story tapes. Now, th this would be fine if it was just every now and again or when you're on your own, but I, even if I was to be entertaining a lady, um, or, you know, a girlfriend, or, you know, just uh, a lady, not a lady of the night, that sounds bad, but, you know, if you just meet a girl uh, and uh, whatever, I, I have to interrupt proceedings at some point and go, I'm going to have to stick on the old audiobook now, uh, to the point at which it's actually has interrupted moments of intimacy in the past when it's become clear that I have been more gripped by Sherlock Holmes than by um, the... Maybe you are a big fan of Sherlock Holmes, though. I am an immense fan of Sherlock Holmes. You stayed at the spatula pad last night, didn't you, in Swindon? Uh, yeah, I stayed at your house yeah. uh, last night. Putting the wind back in Swindon. Um, <laughs> Putting the swine back in Swindon. Well, the name Swindon comes from Den of Swine, because yes. it used to be a place for pigs. Mm. Not anymore. Well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll vouch for that. And it sounded a little bit like you um, had uh, Stephen Fry in the bedroom with you last night. If so only, John. I didn't John. want to interrupt, because I thought there's no point both of us being kept up by this. But I thought, how come I'm two rooms away, because I've got lots of rooms <laughs> I've had, and it's keeping me awake. How can you sleep through it? Because as soon as as soon as I start listening to Stephen Fry, the Goblet of Fire, it was last night. Right. My brain just switches off, and I listen to the story, and my mind. Because otherwise, I'm lying in a, awake in bed with my mind going mental. And but maybe if I didn't listen to uh, storybooks, I'd probably make better th things. Do you know what really time. offends me about the storybook listening pre-bed? Mm. Is that how do you know where you've got up to? Because you'll drift off and what? you don't know where you've got up to. Well, this is the problem with you. This is... W w this is there your... are many problems Do you know what your me? problem is? This is one of the problems with me. Your relationship to iTunes is that of a kind of a compilation lover. You don't... You don't... I know for a fact you don't save your um, play counts. <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> There'll be a lynch mob outside well, you the don't... studio now. I've never even heard of them. Yeah, oh here we go. Adam Deneen. I don't believe in iTunes. Oh! Yeah, that is 3-0. Look at you no, trying idiots, to slip reverse idiots. it And you're on, you're on six music and you don't save your play counts. Yeah, you are How for do now. You, know you want to watch your tone, Sunshine. How do you know what your top ten most listened to tracks are? 
Uh, but they're probably the tracks that it changes, mate. No, like, it this week doesn't. I've been listening to a lot of Ben Folds. Yeah, but you, that will be stored in your play count on iTunes, and then your mate comes round and they they say, "Oh, what what's your favourite track?" And you can go, "Well, I'll tell you what I think my favourite track is of all time." But let's see, because iTunes might differ. So, for example, my most listened to track on iTunes is that live version of "Comfortably Numb," which you didn't, uh, which I brought up earlier. Um, but you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that was my favourite track of all time. It's fascinating. And this, That's John, what, is uh, why people don't come round to your house because you're a little bit intense. People do come round to my house to see. But my... do they open with? I tend to open, I'll call me a weirdo, but when I go to a friend's house, I'll probably open with hello, or sometimes hi, how do, I do sometimes, to, do. you know, compliment the northern thing. I'll very seldom open with, what is your favourite track of all time, and what does iTunes say your favourite? Surely that's, that's transient. Well, maybe, actually, we've got onto my real Am I Normal from, from one that was only slightly vague, is that my obsession with play counts on uh, iTunes. Yeah. Because then I can say what, what what's my favourite album by by play count and by opinion. I can make lists. You can't pin down how you felt at the time. I mean, if I had a lifetime play count, I'm not going to lie to you, John. Mr. Blobby would be way up there because when I was eight, I listened to it a lot. But I don't want people knowing that now. I don't want a facility where I can click on a button and go. Well, at the moment, I'm into trendy music, but I think you'll find over my life, <laughs> I've listened to far more Chesney Hawks than you've had hot dinner. But that's the thing. I didn't get iTunes um, on my computer until I was 23. It was uh, in <laughs> July the sixth, two. 2006. Oh, God, um, so, God, you're weirder than me. So only the last, I've only got the last 10 months of tracks have been recorded in terms of which ones I've listened to the most. And it's, oh, it's amazing. It'll blow your mind. Well, it changes suggest, the way you listen to music. Take a week off, cancel some gigs and think back and try and guesstimate play counts from the past of your entire life. And then you can get a really accurate reading. No, because then Queen's Greatest Hits 2 would be without doubt the clear winner. Right, okay, fair enough. Fully member, oh. fully paid up member of the fan club. We'll the move on to other people's Am I Normals now, because let's be honest, you've really come out of that badly. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's texted in, this is a cracker. Uh, Simon says, when driving my lorry at night on country roads, you're already Ooh. thinking, oh, you know, dangerous. Mm. Simon's one of the good guys. I always indicate for the rabbits and pheasants, so that they know I've seen them and that I'm moving out of the way. I'll also do it for feed mice. Field mice, not feed mice. Uh, maybe they have dodgy eyesight, as they don't seem to see 20 tonnes of truck coming towards them. Oh, incredible. You did an, a very similar thing on the way here this morning. We, we came in convoy from Swin Vegas. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you did... The roads were pretty clear, but you did something quite incredible. Some guy had broken down... Uh, there was an AA van, and there was a car in front. All the lanes were clear. You're in the inside lane. You indicated and moved into the middle lane, yeah. just on the off chance that someone might stumble out of that car yeah. and then get hit. And it's incredible, because people look at you and you think, who's that guy weeping in Morrison's? But actually, <laughs> it turns out you I never weep in Morrison's. I skip through Morrison's. You're I saving lives. And, that, and I just carried on in the, the inside lane. Yeah, but, you know, that. so much. And also, another thing, uh, th this could be one of your Am I Normals, because I stayed in your office last night on your futon mattress. Yeah, I know. In your sleeping bag, lovely. That's why I didn't get any work done. But on your on your drawers, either side of your office table, you've cut address <laughs> labels into quarters and put them in the top right-hand corner of each drawer to tell you what's in the drawer. Now, people are probably listening, thinking, well, that makes perfect sense. That's just being all Damn right they are. And people are high-fiving each other now. But wait until you hear this. The the categories he's got, the oh, things, the first God. one's like... I can't believe you've been researching <laughs> in my office. <laughs> I, I told you... You pretended you were listening to... Stephen Fry was a decoy, wasn't he? Yeah. Stephen Fry muttering away to make me think, oh, he's just listening to his box. I was and just you're in there with your notepads. 
and you have semi-lunar glasses on. Go on then, what well, are my labels on well, my drawers? The top one, it's like Sky TV, fair enough. You've got to keep your Sky bills and stuff. Yeah. You've got your mobile phone, your contracts and stuff. Of this course is you, all down the right-hand yeah, side. Yeah, all down the right-hand side. You've got to draw for that. You've got to draw for your, your council tax, water, rates, etc. Oh, it's a dear do. And then the bottom one is just Burton's. <laughs> well, a man who has <laughs> buy so many clothes from Burton's that he needs an entire drawer to keep all his correspondence. Oh, God, you're supposed to be doing two weeks. I'll tell you what, next week there'll be a new guest in the studio and hopefully he will be mute. Um, what it is, I had a Burton's card because I was tricked into believing that this would be a good thing. By who has a Burton's card? I do, John. And you know where I keep it. <laughs> I went into Burton's and bought some clothes, and the woman said, Here, if I give you this bit of plastic here, it'd be cheaper. And I went, Well, I love a bargain. I'm nothing if not thrifty, right? And she said, Oh, well. And I went, All right, then, so I get the plastic and then I'll pay for it. And she went, No, you can't pay for it now, I'm afraid, because well, you've got to wait until the plastic comes, then you pay it then. And I went, mm, This is turning into a bit of a to do. But I went for it anyway. I sent off the cheque. The cheque got lost in the post, or they got it and just shredded it, and then fined me for not paying on time. <laughs> so it actually cost me more. So now I've got all this correspondence between me and Burton's going, Hey, don't you dare do that. And they went, Hey, what are you going to do about it? So there's a whole draw for Burton's because one day, when my legal case comes to court, I'm going to need to call on those, and the lawyer's going to go, have you got that form? I'll go, hang on, I'll reach down to the bottom right-hand side, there it is. But when you finally get any chicks to come round to your place in Swindon, you want to replace Burton's with Armani or something like that, just to look cool. Uh, no, I don't. If someone comes round to my house, they need to know the real John. They'll notice that I don't have a draw for Armani, because I'll be wearing Burton's clothes now. <laughs> Um, well, that's backfired into an am I normal about me, and it's turned out I'm not. Uh, but we have got crackers in from you, so we'll do a few more of those, and then John can... Uh, sorry, I called you John then. Touchy ah, McTeat. yeah, see? Touchy McTee can reveal more secrets that he's learnt from me from studying my office room, you filthy beast. Lots of texts and emails coming in today, John. People have got quite excited about your uh, CD books. Uh, Martin in Bristol, our neck of the woods. Uh, not mine anymore. I put story CDs on for the kids, nice. right? And then, off the back of our chat, he says, I'm beginning to think this might be a mistake now. I might be messing them up for years to come. Oh, they will struggle with women introducing the fact that they're going to have to listen to uh, The Wind in the Willows. Or men, John. It's the 21st century. Well, yeah, but I'm uh, not personal taste. <laughs> 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 Made yourself laugh there, well, didn't you? I did, you? didn't I? Didn't You're I? listening to The Sound of Arrogance. Oh, <laughs> I very seldom gosh. make myself laugh. Um, John, I am exactly like your friend. Touchy McTee. <laughs> um, I'm exactly like your friend and find it almost impossible to go to sleep without one of my range of audio tapes mm. playing. It's caused me a few social problems, not in any sexual situation like your friend. But once when my mate was kipping at my student house on the floor of my room, he threatened to sexually assault me if I didn't, and then lots of swear words, that off. Uh, I just thought you should know. Regards, Richard. Well, at uni, I used to listen to. I was going through the Lord of the Rings BBC full cast production, which he is was furious epic. about that. As well, he was. Wasn't he? he was so angry. <laughs> but when my friends would stay over in my room, we'd go to sleep listening to kind of the in opening kind of chapter, which is like really sweet about being in the Shire. And we'd always get woken up at like six in the morning by Gollum's voice, kind of screaming, and we'd go, "Oh God, what's happening?" And then we'd realise it was the audiobook. You see, and you have no idea. You've listened to audiobooks. Think of the electricity you're wasting, carbon footprint, fresh start. And you've, you've missed the whole book. 
So you what? might, what if you hear something because when you wake up in the morning that ruins the story for you? What if you're listening to a story and well, you just drift off when they're going, oh, and then they went in the cave, and then you wake up in the morning and they go, oh, but they got out of the cave, it was all right. You've missed the entire thing, but you know they get out of the cave, so why bother listening to it? But I know the stories already. It's not, it's not the newness, because if it was a new story, I'd be all excited about what was going to happen. It's the rep repetition. Of, re re repetition. Oh, yeah, pick me up on my uh, <laughs> speaking voice. Someone uh, wanted to know what sort of things are appropriate to listen to. Because I'm listening to Stephen King's It at the moment on oh, audiobook. You don't want anything too scary. I got scared by the uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban with the, the, the what's the, the, the dog and it represents death. And he sees it out on the school field and I had to turn it off and turn my light on. Because I'm, <laughs> you know, scared of the dark. You are scared of the dark. I am scared of the dark. I tried to tell you that there were uh, deformed people in my loft last night, didn't I, before you I did. went to bed. I thought that would scare you but it didn't seem to do the trick. Um, I have to listen to something in order to get to sleep at night. I'm able to skip this if there's someone in bed with me. So that's, okay, quite normal. Uh, I listen to podcasts, favourite being, and then she names a comedian who's better than me, so I'm not going to read that out. Uh, with earphones, so as not to disturb others in the flat. Well, okay, I have a question uh, for this person. What, how do you put the earphones on so that when you roll over it doesn't really hurt? What if you use those ones that go in your ear, or just like? But even your back? then, if you if you got your head against the pillow, you know you're pushing down quite hard. I suppose there's a danger of strangulation ear. as well, isn't there? Definitely. Uh, but she says I only ever put one earphone on just in case there's a burglary or a fire or something I need to uh, listen out for. That's the sort of thing you do, isn't it? You'd you'd prepare for stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I sleep with one hand on a baseball bat, as you know. <laughs> Oh, is that what you call it now? Do you remember when you got burgled and you bowled that burglar out of your house? <laughs> that bowling ball paid for itself. Um, so back to Am I Normal, have you got any Yeah, I've got one here from Simon in Oxford. Um, now this is... Alright, Simon. Alright, Simon. Um, uh, this is quite weird, but he says, um, Morning, chaps, uh, which I think is quite nice. Nice. During the course of an evening of televisual viewing, he means TV, whenever me or my girlfriend notice that the digital clock my display... My or I. ...in the front of our VCR is the same number, i.e. 2121, they exclaim 2121, and the other person has to look and take note before the display changes, say, to 2122. Yeah. That's probably the most likely after 2121. Probably. I mean, you've really missed a beat if it's mm. 2127. You've not been paying attention. Now, the, the, now, that's just a bit odd, but the thing I like is he says, if this is not observed in time, terrible things will happen. And then he goes, for unknown reasons, 2222 is the pinnacle of the same numberedness and requires special observance, lest the world might end. Mm. Now, I like that because it reminds me of when I was uh, a kid. Uh, it's that threat of violence, it, if, it's that magical thinking. Like, I used to play darts a lot. I have a dartboard outside my kitchen, and I'd be like, right, John, you've got to get 60 or more in three dart darts. <laughs> in three darts, or you'll die. Yeah. And it was that, or you'll die. And, and that's made you the player you are today. Well, it certainly has. I and believe Phil the Power Taylor used to do the same thing. Well, pretty much, but he would he would say, I have to get ton 40, or I die. But then you don't oh, get I'm it. I'm not allowed that special tattoo I've been saving <laughs> up for of a dog weeing on a policeman. Um, you're speaking of the threat of danger, am I normal? Whenever I'm talking to somebody, and that happens... That's a know, lot. That's a day-to-day -day event. I always have the urge to punch them really hard... <laughs> <laughs> to punch them really hard in the face. I've never punched anyone in the face, but I always wanted to know what it feels like to cause serious damage to a person's face. And then goes on to say, Do you know my friends find this really odd? Well, I can imagine so. That's Joe from Reading. Or Joe Reading. I don't know if she's saying what she's doing or where she lives. Uh, I'd like to point out so far, she says again, I haven't actually punched someone in the face. Have you ever been punched in the face, John? 
Um, yeah, I've been punched in the face at school quite I've a lot. I've been punched in the face. There's a real smell when you get that metallic mm. smell of blood in your mouth that you know you've been punched in the face is something that you will never, ever forget once it happens to mm. you. Um, ever since being betrayed by my best friend Neil. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Paul. It's a cracking way to start an email. I'd quite like to know, Paul, if you are listening today, I'd like to know how your friend Neil betrayed you. Um, ever since being betrayed by my best friend Neil ten years ago, I cannot stand to use the word nearly. Uh, and if anyone uses the word near me, I will correct them by saying almost, sometimes under my breath, so am I, so only I can hear. Then he says, am I normal or just sad? What the weird thing with that is, he's gone nearly, because that sounds like Neil, but what about the word Neil K-N? Because yeah. often if someone introduces... Let's hope he never gets knighted or the Queen's gonna get knotted. <laughs> so often if someone introduces themselves to me and says, Oh, I'm Neil. I will say, as an amusing joke, is that with a K-N or just an N? And usually that gets that response. Right. You know, it's just one of my little jokes. And then you ram your iPod playlist into their face and say, Get out of my house or I'll bowl you into next week. <laughs> uh, morning, John and Touchy McTee. Uh, this is from Graham. I'm cleaning the small glass panes on my kitchen door this morning. It's got to be done at some what? point. He's cleaning them? He's cleaning them. Oh, right. It's a northern accent, John. No need to be so racist. <laughs> um, uh, I'm encouraged. It's a cracking day, by the way. I imagine cleaning glass is extra rewarding today, because when you do do it, sunshine comes through. Um, I'm encouraging the individual pieces of glass to become clearer and less watermarked than the other ones. Top left is currently winning, and bottom left, nearest the handle, is lagging behind and must pull its game together. Clarity of glass has become more to do with the pain's individual attitude to becoming clean than any amount of buffing by me. That sounds like you've got tired of cleaning the windows and you want to blame glass for your laziness. Uh, and you're also says, also, I'm saying this in a hushed tone, if you respond to the nickname Touchy by saying, I'm not Touchy, in a voice like a five-year-old, <laughs> then you're clearly touchier than Russell Howard being accused of having skidders. Ooh, well, okay, maybe I'm a bit touchy. I tend to go a bit camp when I feel uh, an injustice has been done against me. So when someone accuses me of being camp, then it goes to double campness. Yeah, but I'm not which, if camp. anything, makes it worse. But following on from that email about inanimate objects, i.e. the windows, I've got a message here from Steph in Wellington saying, Hello, I get overly attached to inanimate objects and sometimes <laughs> quite concerned for their safety or happiness. For example, I feel guilty when I throw away a toothbrush because it's been cleaning my teeth so well for a couple of months and now I'm being very ungrateful and throwing it in the bin. I also won't let it see, inverted commas, the toothbrush replacing it in case it gets jealous. I'm glad she's conceded that her toothbrush doesn't have eyes. Yeah. Uh, because that w I would think, well, I need to get spend more money on my electric toothbrush, toothbrush if there's people getting them with eyes in. But uh, that is quite odd to have such... You have feelings. I think for that's nice, objects. though. Yeah, well, I'm quite... I'm, I have feelings for him. I, I happily talk to a mug. Mm. Well, you dangerous. talk to a teddy bear that has pre-recorded um, responses in its tummy, so you'll press it and you'll have a response ready. I can feel ready. that this is backfiring onto another <laughs> chance to slag me John, off. Is it a record? Oh, thanks very much, Is Ross it Teddy Ruxpin that you do that with, John? It's when Teddy Ruxpin, sometimes it's Winnie the Pooh. Listen, the Rossbot Reith Hey, John, it's about time we had a tune. Yeah, I think you're right, Rossbot. Before it's, they hear about more things McTee. he says to his teddies. It's teddies. really getting excited. Right, we're going to have a tune. It's uh, Bouncing Off Clouds by Tori Amos. Um, so, text coming in. Uh, John, to counter your petulant temporary guest diversionary tactics, mm. uh, I feel obliged to point out that I have a Dorothy Perkins card. <laughs> Very much the girl's equivalent of the Burton's card, and is indeed accepted at Burton's stores and vice 
vice versa. That's the cracking thing about the Burton's cards, apart from getting screwed over for money. Uh, also, my bills and correspondence are stored in alphabetically arranged suspension filing in the bottom drawer of my desk. I also scan my documents to PDF format for future reference, allowing me to keep just 12 months' worth of paperwork in the suspension paper filing system. Fondest regards, D. Thanks very much for that. Well, are they going to accept the signatures on those documents as, as genuine when they come printed off your computer? I don't think they will. <laughs> You're a weird little man. Um, <laughs> a couple of uh, a couple of book ones as well. I used to be like your friend, but I weaned myself off because I thought it was getting ridiculous, and so now I read myself to sleep from Emma. Um, That's even more embarrassing to do if you're in an intimate situation. <laughs> I'm quite rude. <laughs> yeah, you've got a book, but you read the synopsis, I'll read the text. Could you just uh, turn the page for me, love? I can't hold my beer <laughs> on the TV remote control. Um, but yeah, reading yourself to sleep, I've done that before, and then you wake up by rolling over onto the hard spine of a book. Um, Is that like, what you call it? <laughs> yes. All oh, right, fine. Uh, wow, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that listens to story tapes. Everyone listens to story tapes, just not at night. I'm glad she called them story tapes as well. It could be a man. 21st century. <laughs> Every this is your am I normal? Everyone in the world. I've never known anyone who actually gets angry and physically angry to the point where you have to go and sit and have a drink about the fact that you won't get to sleep with every Oh, woman. don't! Why don't talk about that on the radio? <laughs> I've just My done it, My mum might be listening to this. Well, she needs to know she's under threat. Um, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who listens to stuff. Look at your face. <laughs> if you're on the webcam now, this is what it's like living with him. He'll stitch you up. Because he'll be he'll like before, and he's like, right, John, the show, what we do is we'll uh, chat about I'm a normal, ask about the news, and we'll go into this. But he's chucking me curveball. Curl. Uh, <laughs> it was a mistake to get in a guest who's oh. enthusiastic but can't speak. <laughs> Um, anyway, this text, they recommend Terry Pratchett because they're read by Tony Robinson. I taught Tony Robinson outside a... Uh, you taught Tony Robinson? Yeah. That's incredible! You, can you talk... talk yeah, we, we do mostly stadiums, to be honest. <laughs> Did you tear him in half? Listen, this has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> if you pick people up on their vo vocal mistakes, you will get picked up. Yeah, but there's a reason this is called the John Richardson Show, sitting in... Well, it's called the Russell Yeah, Show. exactly, sitting in, and I'm keeping an eye out, you know? How do you know Russell hasn't been in contact saying, Ear John, make sure you uh, pick him up on because his Because he's not a mistakes. cockney for a start. He's a bit of a cockney. He's got a cockney swagger. And he likes me more than you. We've spoken about this. Oh, does he now? <laughs> does he now? Um, your friend Touchy is nice, but he has the same slightly hollow laugh as Ricky Gervais. Any relation? Um, no. And then possibly, you haven't got any relations, lonely old life. Um, possibly the most exciting text we've ever had into the show. They've relaunched Teddy Ruxpin with MP3s in his tummy. Oh, well, dear. Well, I will be buying one of those. And then the final text of that little spate that wasn't related to our my normal says, I once punched John in the face. He didn't deserve it at the time, but has done many times <laughs> since. <laughs> That's, is that from Kate? That's from Kate, yes. That was the last person to ever punch me, and that probably was the hardest I've ever been punched. We were in a nightclub at uni, and um, she jokingly punched me on the shoulder, and I went, that wasn't hard. And so I turned my head, and she properly took, like, a backswing and lamped me out. And I was unconscious for a second or two, and then just had to go home. Right. And ever since then, she's been in my uh, phone as Slugger Kate. Right. But, you know, we we made up afterwards. Yeah. Poor old Kate. Um, right, we'll wrap up some of my normals now. We've got I've had plenty of good ones in today. Almost too many. But there's mm. no such thing as too many, because if you didn't get in this week, you'll get in next week. Uh, I bought my girlfriend some dried flowers. Don't want to buy your girlfriend dried flowers. Even I know that, and I haven't had one for ages. But dried flowers says, enjoy these, because you ain't getting no more for ages. Mm. And don't put them in water, because you'll ruin them. <laughs> um, but then goes on to say, not only did Den in Wigan buy his girlfriend dried flowers, but he says they came with seven twig things and I had to throw one away so that there was an even number. 
So not only did he buy her dried flowers, but then he got gave her fewer than he bought. But why don't you just buy an extra one and there'd be eight? Or buy her roses, because then they can die and you can look at it and go, well, oh, it's a bit like our relationship. Oh, good grief. Um, I've got... Oh, do you want another no, one? No, you do another one. Well, this is a kind of food-based, um, which is quite good. Uh, dear John, um, when I have a packet of sweets that has many different flavours, stroke colours in it, initially I have to eat enough sweets so there is an equal number of each flavour, stroke colour, left. In addition to this stipulation, I can only eat one sweet at a time, never eat the same varietal twice in a row. Good Incredible word, word well there. Well done. And I must eat my least favourite first, etc., and adhere to this order throughout. I'm considering introducing a sweet eating uniform and laboratory conditions. That'll really ratchet up the tension. Also good use of the, uh, the verb ratchet, though. Mm. Uh, yours compulsively, Lindsay Millen. Um, now, I think that's not necessarily uh, uh, an OCD thing. That's a kind of a pleasure, reward, pain thing, isn't it? It's like saying, well, if I have the, the, the gross ones first, then I'll have the nice ones and then I'll be happy. And I won't cry myself to sleep. Yeah, well, that's sensible. You headline with the nicest bit. But what's interesting, when I was a kid and you got sweet, black currant was always the best one. Mm. The purple ones and the darker coloured ones, the red ones, always the best. But now I've become a grown-up, I still like the black currant ones, but everyone else has suddenly started liking green ones best. Yeah, and yellow ones, which are rubbish. Yeah, when did that become the trend? Adam, do you prefer green ones to black currant ones? Mm -hmm. No. No. But I do, with yoghurts, I now find myself liking the peachy ones and stuff, and it was always a strawberry when I was a nipper. Yeah, it's always strawberry, but I think you're only really given strawberry yoghurts as a child, because your parents judge you, or banana ones. And you never have banana yoghurt as an adult. When does that start happening? There's an age you reach where you just stop eating banana yoghurt. But there's nothing more unpleasant than that industrial banana flavouring. It's nice, it's though. horrible. Oh, I Sickly. Like it. Absolutely gross. I'll I tell you where bananas it. can go away from. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of society, uh, however long mankind is on the earth, in the smoothie. The smoothie. Oh, all smoothies bananas can get out. are not welcome. All smoothies are great, but if I buy a carton of smoothie for about 10 million quid or whatever it costs, mm. and it says on it raspberry and cranberry, I'll think raspberries. Yes, I like raspberries. Uh, then I'll move on to cranberries, because I'm methodical. I'll think cranberries. I like cranberries. I'll buy that. I'll take it home. I'll pour it out. All I can taste is banana, because mm. you look on the ingredients, and they've put banana puree in it. And that goes for smoothies, tropical juice drinks. If you see a banana on the front cover, might as well just be called rank banana juice, because that's all you're going to taste is horrible banana. So bananas, just sort yourselves out. Or people who own smoother companies, sort yourselves out. Get rid of the banana. It's not wanted. Well, these places are popping up all over Bristol at the minute, the smoothie shops. And you've got to remember... Remember, all they're charging you for is fruit and the use of a blender. So yeah. they shouldn't be three quid for a, a wheat germ smoothie. I had wheatgrass smoothie I tasted uh, off one of my friends who was pretending they were healthy the other day. And it just tasted like a lump of turf mixed with bananas. So uh, I don't know if you've got any thoughts about the wheatgrass I, I, I read about wheatgrass. You see, what they're charging for, you said they're charging you for fruit, but what they're charging you for is middle-class aspirations. Exactly. And people who buy smoothies out of the house are mm -hmm. really saying, oh, I'd like to be seen um, drinking a smoothie now for the next ten minutes, so just make me something very colourful and put two straws in it, and I'll point one away from my face. Mm. As if there's an imaginary friend drinking it. That's what I like to imagine when I see people doing that. I just drink orange juice. It's just nicer, isn't it? You drink that? No, that's not true. Uh, there's uh, oh, memory stop services. Stop me up on my inadequacies. You're finally someone with the balls to tackle John Richardson. And the story starts with at memory services, <laughs> which means neither of us is coming out of this well. Well, no, because we we left your house. This I had morning. a mocha latte this morning. But we left the house, and I said, "Meet you at memory." 
uh, as a jokey way, but I thought in a euphemistic kind of, ooh, meet you at Woodstock kind of thing, but you actually did wait for me at Membury Services. That's because uh, I don't which trust I was you, John. And then you came out with one of your mocha latticinos or whatever they were, yeah. look looking quite the... Quite the angry man, having waited <laughs> for you. How did you get so far behind me this morning? Not only were we leaving late because you had to brush your teeth and you didn't think to do that as you were passing the bathroom, get downstairs, get all ready and then go, have I got time to brush my teeth? Oh, how efficient does a man have to be to Very. think, well, I'm on my way downstairs, I'll brush my teeth on the way down so I don't, you lose time going back up the stairs. But, but you I was out of petrol. Bathroom. I was out of petrol, so I had to go slow to conserve my fuel consumption uh, and then get to memory because my light was on as I left your house, my little indicator light. Right. And Why I'm, didn't you get petrol last night? Because, you knew we were driving to London Because this last night I had a gig in Tewkesbury, and bet betwixt Tewkesbury and Swindon, there is not a petrol station that is awake. <laughs> or even open, let alone being awake The fact midnight. that you amuse yourself is the fact that you don't plan well enough, and the fact that we were late this morning, and I had to get a coffee to cheer myself up, because we were going to be late for the show. Anthony and the Johnsons, Cripple and the Starfic, absolutely. What do you think, Rossbot? Sweet tune. Hey, John. Yeah, you're bang right. Out of nine, what would you give that song? Ten. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> um, it's I, very good, the Rossbot. I like that song a lot. Uh, it's very moving, but he, start, he starts Mr. Muscle, and I cannot get the image of the guy off the Mr. Muscle adverts out of my head. And well, that's a been a problem with you for years, though. <laughs> There's a lot of euphemisms flying around in that track, and I don't want to imagine them happening to the guy out of the Mr. Muscle adverts. Mm. He must have thought, when he showed that the lyrics, I'm starting off Mr. Muscle, forcing burning. Someone must have said, but you know, there's, that's quite a famous brand, and there's a man attached to that brand that people might yeah, think. Yeah, and he probably said, yeah, but this is art, therefore I'm not bothered. If someone writes a great song that starts with the words, Twiglets, hmm? And it's a great song, probably no one's gonna go, I don't yeah, know. but people think it'll be about Marmite. So don't mm -hmm. write a great song. It's a fantastic song. All right then, fair play. And oh, another one problem with their my favourite Anthony the Johnson song is uh, "Hope There's Someone." We've Abs played that before as a hundred percent belter, belter. and there'll be a hundred percent belter coming up today, which you won't like so much. But the problem <laughs> with that hundred percent belter, um, the Anthony the Johnsons one, is the outro is pretty unlistenable. It's all kind of for ages and ages, so it never gets a play count on my iTunes. Oh God! So have you emailed not... Anthony? Well, I mean, I can put times. you in touch with the Johnsons, but Anthony flies about a bit. I've been in touch with your Johnsons before. Have you? <laughs> How many Johnsons are there? I should know that. You, you, Ross you Bot? Three. Oh, really? Fair. <laughs> um, very clued up the Rossbot 3000 this week. So I'll wrap up Am I Normal. Mm. This is a good one. This also feeds into what we're going to do after the news is uh, One Good Deed, which we did last week and I really enjoyed. Uh, it's people texting in nice things they've done, and this, this kind of fits into that. As a man of six foot two, uh, nice. which is clearly an email and not me talking, as a goblin of five foot nine, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to follow little people around supermarkets, <laughs> which, nice. that's the my normal aspect of it, but the nice aspect is it, that's how I can assist them in reaching the elusive box of Weetabix from the top shelf. Yeah, but six foot two isn't that tall. I'm six one, and I don't feel the need to go around helping people out with their shopping. That's because you're evil. What you if I see someone in distress? You slide the Weetabix to the back of the thing, so even mm. if they can reach the shelf, they can't reach the Weetabix. Well, You I've, deny people their Weety goodness. I've got... Alright, I've got, um... <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so, yeah, any, anything else goes, but don't pretend I'm denying people Weety goodness. <laughs> uh, hello, John. Uh, well, J-O-N, so I'm assuming that's you, though the rest of the uh, text makes me beg to differ. I saw you at Jester's a couple of weeks ago, and I found you rather attractive. Am I normal? Fran <laughs> from Bristol. No, Fran, you're not. You are mentally ill. You're probably not. Current statistics have proved you're not normal. You're in a very unique percentage of the country. But, you know, join us, come for tea, 
I'll cook a meal. Ooh. I was asked for a vegetarian recipe, one of the emails we had this week. I'm going to put a lentil roast recipe on the website from my mum. And it is lovely. It. I've lovely. had it. You've had it, haven't you? And Adam Dean, you had it at the dinner party. What did you think? Yeah, very nice. I'll put that on the website to replace the fish stew, which you're going to cook. Ooh, well, yeah, I've got to cook because I just moved into my new house. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> if, I wish you could, I was, if the webcam doesn't repeat, you know, regular enough intervals to for you to see how camp John is. When he did that, he did not just a one bent wrist, but a double whammy straight off. Oh, well, it's like it's how I say new paragraph about to start. I've right. got a story to tell. Cha ching. Um, I just moved into a new shared house with seven other people. Oh, it's, I couldn't be doing that. Oh, it's incredible though, because they're all nice professionals, all very bright and breezy, into their recycling. Stuff There'd like be that. three left by the end of the week. If but they're I'm all very there. clean. They're all like you. They're like versions of you, but not quite as attractive. Same. Yeah, no, no, they're all they're all very attractive. <laughs> but every Monday, this is what attracted me to the place in the first place. Oh, I repeated the word place. There. That's, it's it all right. It's not a quiz game. You're fine. You can move on. You can say yes or no as much as you like. You can phone any friends that you want if you add any. Oh, that is harsh. You've got loads of friends. You've got Slapper Jane or whatever her Slugger name was. Kate. From Slugger Kate. Sorry. And all the girls from your house. I have to cook a meal on Monday for everyone else in my house. Right. Uh, because they do this every Monday. They have a Monday meal. Uh, and they cook for everyone. And I was thinking, what dish is simple but can feed loads of people and is quite impressive? Bread. Well, I initially thought lasagna, but they've done that. They've done bangers and mash. They've nicked all the easy, kind of big feeder ones. The swines. So I thought, what What about your fish stew, John? What about my fish stew? Because I'm thinking of doing a Thai prawn hot soup, uh, tom yam soup, if you're in the trade, mm. uh, for starters, because I do that quite well. Oh, you can't do two soups. No, I it's mean, not mine a soup. Is, it's, mine's yours... kind of a broth. But... Well, I'm doing yours as a, as a casserole. Right. Well, that's not... I'd be interested to see how that goes, because don't get me wrong, I love the fish stew, but if you serve me a soup and then serve me that stew, oh, I'm not going to be happy. Oh, that's true, right. actually. Right, do you want to... Oh, I'm just going to have to wash all the bowls up. Surely you need plates for the main course, John. <laughs> not me, I'm a renegade. And wash me that ladle, too. I am that lazy. So have you... Is that not finished, that in my normal? Um, what, the girl who liked you? Well, yeah, I, is I, that I, all I, she texted, that, in? That's all she could get out before her carer restrained her. <laughs> Oh, that's a laugh I've never heard from you before. Yeah, that that's, really... that's my fake one to make you feel better about yourself. That's <laughs> a joke. You're a very funny, man. I've got an am a really nicely worded am I normal here, and there's nothing better. You know someone's genuinely not normal when they think about the wording of their am I normal, because they're thinking this is my big chance. Well, on the show in the past, we've, you know, people who know to email me know not to make spelling mistakes. Well, he's gone, hi, John, with an H, so I'm assuming he's just spelt your name wrong, uh, unless he's talking to me. Um, I like to start the way the day. Uh, that's my mistake, not his. I like to start the day by throwing my tea bag into the cup from approx one meter away. Now that's nice enough, but if I get it in first time, I know that I'm inverted commas hot today. Close inverted commas, and will more than likely have a brilliant day. If I don't get in first time, I'll try again, but stand less chance of having a good day. After seven unsuccessful attempts, I'll have to place the bag in the cup and be on my guard for the rest of the day. And that's from Matt. I like the fact that he's on guard because of tea throwing. But, you know, my problem is that since meeting, since living with you, I'm obsessed with having one Earl Grey and one Normal in the same cup, so that could take me forever. It's a lovely brew. Months. I never told you to do that. Well, that's the end of our My Normal this week. More for next week. Uh, keep those coming in. Uh, you're listening to me, John Richardson, standing in on the Russell Howard Show today with my guest, Touchy McToot, uh, and, of course, the Rustbot 3000 at ever. As I said, we've, uh, we've loaded sarcasm onto it. Also, impressions. Have you, have you got an impression for us off the cuff, Rustbot 3000? John Richardson here. I like stationery. And, er... Uh... Not being talked to. <laughs> He's half right. He's very good. He's very good with his impressions. I mean, this is his best one. Hello, 
I'm Tony Blair. Well, that's unstoppable. There is talk of Ross Buck 3000 standing in for Tony Blair at political seminars in the future. Uh, we're going to be talking live to Russell Howard, the actual Russell Howard, who's in Australia uh, doing gigs for the uh, Australians, mainly. <laughs> I don't believe he's banned non-Australians from his gigs, but he has been known to pull that sort of move in the past. Mm. But he's out there. He'll be doing a gig now. He'll be on. And by the end of the show, we'll talk to him. He'll be all sweaty and excited and hot and loving Australia, so we'll talk to him, but I doubt it's very much sunnier than it is here. No. Smashing weekend. I mean, it really puts you in a good mood, doesn't it? Especially the fog when we were driving here. The fog, and the, there's nothing more beautiful. Oh, that's a horrible thing to say. Uh, but no, there is. There are things more beautiful, but it's very beautiful when you see the, the sun through the fog, so you can actually look at it, and it's like a big white disc. Do like that. Yeah, fog's frightening, though, isn't it? It's very stressful to drive through. You really have to pay attention. So uh, we're doing now uh, one good <laughs> deed. What are you laughing at? I love the fact you just slipped in a really serious thing. No, seriously, guys, do, do pay attention <laughs> in fog. Uh, anyway... Uh... If there is a catchphrase for this show, it's, hey, health and safety, mm. you know, because you just can't, you can't risk people's lives. Um, so, yeah, what we're doing is one good deed. We've had a couple of texts in. Text us in 64046 is the text number. The email is russell.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk. This is your chance to brag about nice things you've done. Before that, to wrap up a couple of things, uh, we spoke about the, the giant who helps people in supermarkets, and we've, we've got a hook-up. Uh, as a midget of five foot one, I'd love a tall person to follow me around the supermarket. So perhaps we could get those two together and they'd never have any problems with shopping ever again. Or, like, you know, as, as a reciprocal thing, if he needs to get into a cave that's quite low down mm. to retrieve some fish or, like, a friend who's become stranded. Or if he needs just to reach the papers, which are always on the floor, because that must do his back in, always bending down for those papers, whereas the midget can just get a stepladder up. I imagine giants check the news online. Um, and Nick in Devon's texted him. We were chatting about banana-flavoured produce. He says banana chewits were the best sweets ever. Oh, Why did they stop making them? That's just a lie. What a cruel, unjust world. Well, Nick in Devon liked him. Well, I'm sorry, Nick in Devon. You've got a lot to learn about sweets. <laughs> Don't get me started on stuff that they used to make. I'm sure there's a man who follows me around and sees <laughs> what I buy a lot of and gets onto companies and tells them to stop making it. As a child, I was obsessed with chilli baskets, which were a supermarket-owned brand, Crisp. They were shaped like baskets and they were chilli-flavoured. They were exceptional. I used to hide in my airing cupboard and eat two packets in a row. They that stopped making bleak. them. Baxter's used to do a cream of red pepper soup that was just red pepper. It was so spicy, it was delicious. And they stopped making that, and just now they do tomato and red pepper soup. It's like banana puree, as far as I'm concerned. All I can taste is the tomato. You can shove it, you can can it. And the the, the devastating one, uh, your high street chocolatier, I think we all know who I'm talking about, they used to do an oriental ginger chocolate bar that was so good that you have to smell it for half an hour before you can eat it to get your value for money out of it. And they're so good, I used to buy them. If I knew I was doing gigs and there were, say, four comics on the bill, I'd buy four and take them to the gigs. And then just nothing one day. I went into one in Great Yarmouth. Uh, they had loads of them. I only bought the one because I only wanted one for myself. I'll tell a lie, I bought two, one as a backup. Um, <laughs> they had, you've got to have a backup. What if something happens? Like a Will seagull. Like melt in the air seagull covered. could have it away, you could drop it. Everyone's laughing at you, whip it out your back pocket, go back up. Losers, right? You're winning. Society nil, John Richardson won. Ding dong. Um, oh, just getting tired of myself for a minute, it'll be fine. So I bought two, right? And uh, to be honest, they must have had 50 in there. If I'd have known, I'd have bought all 50, because mm. the next time I went into this particular branch, they didn't have any, and I said, what's going on with the old chocolate? And they went, oh, they've stopped making them. And I screamed in the shop. 
But the problem with this is you're known on the kind of in comedy circles as being a lovely man to work with yeah. because you do things like bringing four copies of the same chocolate bar to a gig for everyone. But then they stop making them, you don't bring them to the next gig, and people are like. John Richardson's changed. Like that Indian restaurant near where we used to live, where the first oh, time yeah. we went there, we spent £22 and we got four litres of beer free. Yeah, good beer as well. And we were back almost the next day. Didn't happen, did it? It was an opening gesture. Mm. But and there's that horrible moment when well, they hand you the bill. And you're kind of thinking, yeah, well, I, I only spent 20 quid on food so we could get four free beers and they haven't turned up. Yeah. And then well, you go back. That's why they do it and they've won, they've won there. They by have getting won. us sucked into it. So well done to them. But you shouldn't not do nice things. I bought two people in my audience on Friday. One of them had had a car crash and the other one had just lost nine grand. So uh, I bought them beers, which what, has he lost nine grand <laughs> I don't think is the right way to react to your problems. His boss had swindled him out of nine grand, and it was on his way to have a meeting with his boss that his oh. mate crashed his car. What a day that is. And then he went and saw me, which is unbelievable. And I, you bought him a beer? I bought him John Smith's, but it was rank because the pump was broken. It was a horrible pint, but I wasn't buying four. It was he a gesture, mate. Um, so, yeah, good gestures. Back for, that's what mine did this week. I tried to do a nice thing. I tried to hold a shop door for an old lady, but I was holding it on the backhand because I'd already exited and the door was far heavier than I'd anticipated. And my tricep is not nearly so strong as the bicep. And slowly, ever so slowly, I just closed the door into this old woman's face. So be careful with these good gestures. They can backfire. Well, I had one that sort of backfired. I was thinking about my good deeds. And I once, I was driving home and came over the brow of a hill to see a queue of cars. And I thought, oh God, been some accident or something. Turns out an elderly gentleman had fallen in the road and sort of cut up his hands and stuff and was very shaken. And people were just queuing there, waiting for him to move. As if it's like, oh God, delays, eh? Mm. And there's this poor guy lying in the road. Now I thought, well, I've had enough of this. I'll do a good Samaritan deed. I get out of my car with my friend Chris. Uh, and help him up, and it's immediately clear that he's not just old, but he's kind of, he has learning problems, and is very shaken from the fall. So we say, well, wait, wait, he knows where he lives, so we say, we'll give you a lift back. And everyone in the other cars are thinking, oh, I should have done that. He looks good now, and I look like an idiot, and I'm happy as punch. But then we tried to get him in my car, and this sounds bad, but his orthopaedic shoe was so long, the, it, it was so, the heel was, um, t we're talking... 10 inch heel because one mm. of his legs was shorter than the other we couldn't get him in the car mm. because the the shoe kept catching on the door so that was an eye an eye you just put him on the roof rack <laughs> put him in the boot of the lamos <laughs> yeah. well um, you drive a family car john you, you you're there in in intense situations so it's uh we're gonna have a track now we're coming up with a session track uh, by sunday's recording 1989 for john peel this is your last chance to get them in 64046 uh russell.6music at hold nothing back we'll have a 10 minute burst between 10 to 12 and 12 o'clock today the nicest people in the world live on this show last week's winner was sky who took cake round to an old lady who lived next door we later found out that the cake was pre-purchased and not made which kind of undermined the gesture now we're doing one good deed this is supposed to be the fast bit it turns out summer's quite a selfish time <laughs> not many people doing nice things to be honest the sun does make you realize of all the things that you want to do for yourself so maybe people are out having barbecues and stuff uh, but it turns out people aren't being that nice and a lot of the people who are being nice that tends to have backfired um a nice one's coming colin in dumfries i helped a woman whose pram had fallen over to write it back up note the pram was babyless at the time does that undermine the gesture if there wasn't a baby? I suppose it makes it a nicer story because there was no baby damage. Although if she's pushing around a pram without a baby in it, so probably got issues. The best we can do is a man who's picked up a pram. We've got better ones than that, but uh, I don't know. It's the fact that there's no... Uh, I worry about a woman. If I ran over... Because naturally you go, oh, God, your pram. You pick it up and you see she's just got cans of beans in it. You go, oh, 
Well, if she's used it as a shopping trolley, it's her own fault, because she probably hasn't evenly weighted it. Mm. She's let go for a second, and the beans, and you've got, you, you know, light food items, such as, yeah. you know, discos on the other side. If she is pushing around a pram, she's probably a fan of the show. We'll get an Am I Normally next week. I love beans so much that I treat them like my baby and carry them around in a pram. Um, Jamie and Devon, I like this one. He says, I bought a girl a bottle of water when she didn't have enough money. I don't know her, but she was thirsty. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> you step in there. And then he says, then I just walked away. Sweet. That's all you can do, Jamie. Don't be hanging around for the plaudits. Just buy that water and get the hell out of there. With that kind Jesus of Jesus himself would have done. You're going to be up to your neck in chicks if you're buying them all water whenever they're thirsty. Yeah, of course. Everyone enjoying their fish and bread? Yeah, I'm off. Got other stuff to do. Um, oh, someone said I didn't realise this was today's theme. Well, I said it three times. <laughs> um, surely my suggestion that John has a go on the radio was a pretty nice gesture. <laughs> I need to read that one before I made it. Um, now John gets to have a mate for company. Oh, that's nice. Who's right. that from? That's from, uh, Catherine. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> I wish I'd read that one first. It turns out she just say nice things about me, and I can't read that out because it undermines oh, the Oh, let's brand. have a look at it. <laughs> um, right. During play this week... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always important when a sentence starts like that, you need to check the rest of it. I told a ten-year-old girl that, her through, that through her costume you could see her black pants. I thought, brackets, especially as I didn't like her, that I was helping her out by informing her so she was aware not to put black pants on the next day. Instead of thanking me, she sat in my dressing room and cried for ten minutes. Oh, these nice gestures really backfiring this week. Uh, maybe next week a feature called Pretend to Do Something Nice but Secretly Try and Hurt Someone. His dressing room, is he famous? Um, it's, it's a woman. Everyone in your world... Oh. Um, I was trying to do a good deed. Think of the fact that she was too selfish to thank me. Uh, it shouldn't stop me getting the recognition for at least trying to make the... Well, that should be the theme of this. People won't thank you for it, but do nice things anyway. John Richardson sits in on the Russell Howard Show, sponsoring, uh, unwelcome good gestures. Um, howdy-doody. Really long, loads of holes and stuff. Uh, I once saw a blind man waiting to cross the road. Uh, so, me being me, offered to help him across. He accepted and asked me if I could walk with him. What'd you do there, John? Um, well, this once happened to me. I was helping a blind man up some steps, um, but I... Did he want to go up the steps? He did. He Good. was he was, he was was dead against using the lift, because he said, no, I want to use the steps. And I said, fine, i help you up. Um, but there was, every so often there was like a, a, a platform with no steps. And like every time we got to one, like a little kind of bay, I forgot to mention it. So every time he kind of stepped <laughs> for a step that wasn't there and said, well, you've got to tell me if there's not going to be a step. And not like every time I forgot and it was like I was playing a trick on him, but I wasn't. I'm sorry, blind man. Right. Well, you heard it here first. John is sorry too. Anyway, he says uh, he was asked if he could walk with him. Would you walk with him if you've helped him across the road and he's gone, fancy a bit of a stroll? Oh, oh no. Right, okay. Well, maybe. It depends what kind of music he's into. Well, Lizzie says, I thought, why not? And then as we were walking and talking, he started to breathe very oddly, a little bit like Darth Vader. Mm. Um, I thought, oh, poor man, blind and breathy. Um, <laughs> oh, I just can't get a break. I can't see, and I have to breathe. Um, but then he tightened his grip on me and wanted me to go back to his and have fun. I politely said no, prized his fingers off me. <laughs> to say I politely said no and then prized his fingers off me. Uh, and I legged it. Needless to say, I didn't offer to help him again. And whenever I saw him, I'd move around him in a stealth type of way and not say anything so he wouldn't recognise me. I must just say, I've done loads of good deeds of the day since then. Helping others is a good feel factor and it doesn't cost anything. Um, I've got one here from Pickers. Uh, where he says, I made a train journey from local stop Penmere to Truro on their Falmouth-Truro branch line to visit the library. Doing a good deed. Yeah. However, 
There is no ticket machine at the station, and the conductor did not come and collect a fare. So on the way home, rather than revel in getting a free journey, I paid for a return journey on the way home. The future of the branch line is at stake. Now, he has spoiled it a bit by spelling stake, S-T-E-A-K. Um, so the future of the branch line well, is maybe at they have a stake. Dinners. But the, I like things like that where people don't rip off the state and companies because the reason ticket fares are expensive partially is because people rip them off. The reason, you know, public services aren't that good is because people cheat on their tax returns. <laughs> oh, John you know Robbins. Talking about. Uh, this Wednesday it was my best friend Joe's 28th birthday uh, and as a birthday treat I drove her and her son Reese to Hull. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> what I think you'll find I put PS3 on the list. Uh, <laughs> well, I live in York, so I suppose it's not really a chore, but still. Uh, oh, they were going to go to the deep and see the fishes. Uh, I also bought her lunch and a miniature birthday cake. In return, she bought me a lovely slice of lemon cheesecake and a cup of tea from the farm shop near Stamford Bridge. Lovely stuff. In the evening, we also went out for an evening tipple, a rare midweek night out for me, though virtually every bar we went in was full of sixth form kids being annoying. That being the case, we went to the cinema bar where we knew only cool 20-somethings hang out and we were able to lounge around on squishy sofas, coming up with rude words for every letter of the alphabet. It's a great way to spend an evening. Uh, we really struggled towards the end and had to resort to STIs and their cures, laughing dirtily and getting funny looks. The problem with that is they moved out of the sixth form bar because the sixth formers were annoying them and then they went somewhere else but in that place there were 30 year olds who were getting annoyed at the 20 somethings listing swear words for every letter of the mm. alphabet they moved on to somewhere and annoyed 40 year olds and mm. it all ends up with loads of people in a kind of old people's home crying crying yeah, weeping. because of people naming stis at them well a couple more good deeds and then we're going to move on because last week it was lovely this week i don't know what's gone wrong people aren't being nice and those that are being nice are being told the horrible things uh good morning john after seeing the orangutan diaries on bbc one and in an effort to counterbalance the evil in the world i have given up my afternoons in the week to volunteer at the borneo orangutan survival foundation in aylesbury i didn't even know there was a borneo orangutan survival foundation in aylesbury uh, helping to ensure the continued propagation of the great apes boastastic that's a good one and this one's probably the nicest one this week. I found a cuddly toy in one of those arcade machines on Western Pier. So I took it and gave it to a little girl. But then her brother cried because he didn't have one, and her mum scowled at me, and I wish I hadn't bothered doing what was surely a good deed in the first place. Well, let's uh, next week do a feature called Do Horrible Things because people will not be grateful anyway. <laughs> John Richardson on Six Music, joined by Titty McGrumble or whatever he's <laughs> uh, Touchy McToot, of course, in the studio with me. Uh, we've moved on now from One Good Deed. It backfired this week. There are no good deeds worth doing in the world. Uh, but you can text us in 64046, uh, Music at bbc.co.uk. Join in on any of the things we're doing. If you've got a problem, text in. People have got problems, they're texting in. So we were chatting about what you're going to do on Monday uh, for your dindins. Mm. Hi, John and John. His name is Touchy. Um, or McTee, if you like. <laughs> I like McTee, actually. Um, John should cook a roast on Monday. Uh, I cooked my first one ever in my new flat yesterday. It was a major success. Dead easy. Just threw some garlic from a tube. Mm. That sounds rank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds rude. Um, threw some garlic from a tube and seasonal spices into a bag. Threw in the potatoes. <laughs> lots of throwing. Just, <laughs> just get closer to the work surface. You'll have someone's eye out. Gave it a good shake and stuck them in the oven with the chicken. Oh, that's Never use glue in the kitchen. The problem is we, we've had a, a roast chicken um, dinner, but the, one, one of the girls doesn't like red meat. Which, so, no lamb, no pork, no beef. And I like mm, lamb. If you live in a house of eight and one person doesn't like something, that person is duty-bound to just 
cook their own food. No, but I got a soft spot for her because uh, once we stayed up late and raided the communal um, drinks cabinet from past years of parties. So, so it's full of stuff like sherry and amarula, and we just got rid of all of those. So uh, she's kind of a kindred spirit, I think. Right. So I'm going to respect that and give her white meat. What doesn't she like? Red meat. Right. Well, see, she said do chicken, uh, Anna. 45 minutes later, you've got an amazing meal. No fuss and all the glory. If you really want to impress, throw in some Yorkshire puddings. Lots into of a throwing. chicken? Yeah. How <laughs> can you have Yorkshire puddings inside a chicken? Maybe she's just got the wrong idea about stuffing chickens. <laughs> she just puts everything else inside the chicken God, and roasts it. Really elaborate toad in the hole where it's massive and you have loads of chickens in them. Yeah. Oh, that would be horrible. That would be hideous. Um... Oh, and she then goes to say she can't touch mouse controls on computers, which is probably why she throws her food all over the kitchen, because she doesn't want to touch anyone's food. Um, so we're chatting about stories from the news this week. I have to say, today's Observer contains possibly the most boring supplement ever to be issued <laughs> in any paper ever. The top 500 British surnames. But I think we can make it fun, John. Right. Because what I want to hear, I, I want to know who uh, in the studio has got the most popular, and popular is the wrong word, common. Cool. Is the right word. I think the higher you are up in the list, probably the cooler you are, uh, the more sexually uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing in the world you are is sexually cool. I am. I intimidate people. That's why they run away from me and say, don't touch me, don't touch me. Because once you've been touched by J-Dog, you never go back. Mm -hmm. um, Richardson, 61, so I come first. Um, well, oh, exactly. That's why you're not sexually um, cool. Oh dear. The, uh, the... Oh come on, you've got to give me that! Well I kind of did the joke first. Well, if you I listen back to it on Listen Again this week, which you can do and well, I, I recommend do. you do, listen back to the John Holmes show and hear him say horrible things about other DJs on the same station. Meow! Uh, the definition of the name Richardson, the Rick is power and uh, the hard <laughs> means hardy, brave and strong. So I'm powerful, hard, brave and strong. Pr pretty much Dick Hardson. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you can find the most Richardsons in Truro. Can you? I'm going to go on holiday at the start of April, May. I don't know where to go. I want to go to Italy, but I'm not brave enough because I don't speak Italian. Go to Truro, meet a female Richardson and have a true romance. Oh, God. Stop sliding away from your mic when you do a job. <laughs> Can't believe you've brought moves. That's the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Robins on ice. Sexually cool. True romance. Now, is that a joke you just thought of, or have you done a gig in the West Country, and have you done that joke before? No, I haven't, but I did it about... I did it the first time you mentioned that, uh, back in the little chill-out room we've got with music magazines in, but you didn't even... I don't think you even heard it. You've done that joke before? Of course I have. It's a belter. <laughs> well, that is indisputable. <laughs> um, so what... Robins. Rubbish surname. Um, excuse me, it's shared by Tim Robbins, but he adds an extra B. If, uh, one thing I must make clear to everyone is if someone says, Hi, my name's Robbins, they're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. How many Bs? One! What's your top ten playlist tracks of all time? Yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, the Bee Gees, just one B. I don't know what I meant by that. That was a poor <laughs> word. Forget I said that. I'm just gonna scribble that out. Are you no, were telling me stuff about names? Because you laughed for about 20 minutes yesterday about Oh, name, there's a you? there's a reporter for the Bristol Evening Post called Ian Onions, <laughs> which the first time I heard that, you know, the paper was in shreds by the time I'd finished laughing. If you're called Ian Onions, that's wonderful. And uh, also, his uh, his initial would then be I Onions, which is like a West Country version of I Robot with Will Smith. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I, you made the point. That'd be a tearjerker, wouldn't it? Oh, sweet. Not, in a, not if you do it underwater. Uh, <laughs> sorry again. That's another cooking tip from me there. Cut onions underwater. Not uh, Ian onions. No one cuts Ian onions. What a load of rubbish. Just cut onions with a sharp knife. Alright then. 
Um, Cotton onions underwater. I'd quite like people to text in or email if they've got uh, surnames or know people with surnames which are just foodstuffs. Right. So Ian Onions, I want I want there to be a Paul Pepper. You see, I think that, <laughs> that would just you're make so me laugh. easily pleased. Sometimes I wonder why you leave the house. You can just read foodstuffs. So you could make any up. Ian oh. Cheese. <laughs> Gary Sausage. No, Ian Cheese would be fantastic. Ian, you see, you've got to widen it out from food, though, because Ian my favourite football pundit is Brian Beard. <laughs> no, that's not quite as good, because the, the guy without the beard in ZZ Top is called Gary Beard or something. Right. Frank Beard. Frank Beard. Oh, isn't that, yeah, they've all got beards except him and he's yeah. called Beard. That's the big irony about beards. Mental. Stuff you didn't know about beards, eh? The other news story that's all over the papers today is uh, Kate and uh, Prince William have split up. Oh. Am I correct in saying I really don't care? And oh, they've oh. They made a big thing about the, the, the Kate's family going, oh, we just like to be left alone. I, I'd like you to be left alone because I'd like to believe no one cares and no mm. one would harass you. I care a bit, but just Why? In, I care in the sense that if anyone told me oh, I've just split up with my girlfriend, I would care. But I don't care enough for it to be on the front page. I don't. Yeah, think it's, it's on that all important. the front. One of the front pages was uh, uh, Will says I met Kate five years early. Now I'm punctual, but turning up five <laughs> years early, you get what you deserve. Really, I mean, half hour early, you're entitled to be a bit grouchy when they arrive. But five years too early, that's your fault, William. You should have just done some other stuff in the meantime. But I think what we should do is get you to text in. Text in by all means if you're named after food. Also, text in the most mundane stories from your life, and we'll see if we can get tabloids to pick them up across the front pages tomorrow. Or if if, if we. Could get one which is a mundane story that happened to someone with food in their name. Oh, well, that would wrap it all up, wouldn't it? Mm. That would be unbelievable. I mean, my mundane news story, I'm pleased to reveal, and this this is going to press tomorrow, that I'm having a power shower fitted on Thursday. Mm. Um, it has been known for some time. I haven't been happy with the shower I've got. Uh, there's been a bit of complications. To be honest, I met the shower too early. Mm. Uh, and it's a rubbish shower. It's a mixer shower, and the pressure's terrible. Sometimes the pressure's so bad, the water doesn't even reach the floor. Uh, so I'll be having a power shower fitted this week. All mundane stuff like that, text it in, we'll sort of sass it up a bit and see if we can get the tabloids to pick it up. 64046, russell.6music at bbc.co.uk. Uh, over to the Rossbrot 3000 for one of his new impressions. Ah yeah, I'm John Richardson. I tell you what, I ate every f Oh dear. <laughs> Angry Rossbot 3000. We will be talking, of course, to real-life comedian Russell Howard in Australia with our mouths later on. Um, now, we've got texts coming in. More nice gestures backfiring coming in. As if people have heard, that can't be the depressing epilogue to this, that every nice gesture will result in pain. Um, this is a, I mean, it's a funny email, don't get me wrong, I laughed when I read it because it's got squirrels in it. Um, on my way home, I once noticed three old ladies. I'm already laughing, three together, can't be, don't believe it. Uh, gathered round an injured squirrel. Oh dear. What were they doing gathering round it? Just give it some space. Squirrels do not like to be crowded, it'll be embarrassed if it's fallen out of a tree. Just give it some space. Um, an injured squirrel had fallen out of a tree and onto the pavement. As a foolish but well-meaning gesture, I offered to pick it up and place it out of harm's way over Ooh. the hedge. Yeah, probably, that's, that's your mistake. Stand back, ladies. I'll pick up this squirrel. <laughs> um, it's not something you say very often. As I gingerly picked up the injured creature, it suddenly sprang to life. Maybe your magic. Maybe you can bring people back to life. Maybe touch some dead people. Um, it clamped its teeth into my knuckle. The squirrel refused to let go, which is what my autobiography is going to be called. Um, however hard I thrashed my arms around, finally, after an extra large thrash, the squirrel detached itself and shot skyward, travelling a good ten metres and ending up motionless on a patch of concrete. 
My deed may have resulted in a detached piece of knuckle skin gushing with blood and unintended rodent manslaughter. It was a red squirrel as well. I thought they were supposed to be the nice ones. You do hear a lot of good things about red squirrels. I've well, been knocking around with a few this week. Generally, they're good guys. But the squirrels are Moby. The, the squirrels aren't known as creatures which like to be fondled. So I think to assume that a squirrel that's lying down wants to be picked up is naive at best. Yeah, if I saw a squirrel on the floor, I'd probably leave it. Go out and say, "All right, squiz." I call them squiz. Squiz. I don't touch any animals. I no, what you do? Spiders. You'd walk up to the squirrel and go, "All right, squiz." John, and you do the replies <laughs> from the squirrel. I would do that. How's got... it going? Not too bad, I'm just temporarily stunned. What I'd do, I'd go, alright, squirrel knocking. How's Terry knocking? And uh, we'd have a little chat on the old ladies. I'm very popular with old ladies. I They'd heard. be wetting themselves and laughing as well. Um, text coming in about the food names. I used to work with a Tom Onions. <laughs> but that's the same, but it still made me laugh. Yeah, you just maybe you just like onions. Mr. T. Onions. You might be the only man <laughs> in the country who just laughs at onions instead of crying. Uh, on holiday in America, I noticed a Las Vegas weather woman called Ricky Cheese. <laughs> Quite good. <laughs> I was back in the UK before I stopped laughing, says Stevie in Southampton. I imagine that was a terribly irritating yeah. flight for whoever sat next to you. She was called Cheese. Yes. Do you want to have a kip? Uh, my grandmother's maiden name was Olive Onion. <laughs> it's funny when it's a woman somehow, isn't it? Uh, oh that's from Peter and Wisley. But that's the double, Olive and Onion. Yeah. Oh, Incredible. yeah. Oil and you could fry. You, she is a she's fried a onion. Meal in her, so she's <laughs> the base for so many sauces. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know the good she's done in the world. But it says maiden name, so she probably married Phil Oil. Um, there is was uh, an MP called Crispy and Brown. What? Crispy, uh, crispy and... Crispy and like Christian, but crisps. Never. That's from Charlotte. Well, if you're calling Charlotte a liar, you get that on your hands. Is a crispium someone who worships walkers? Yeah, point at yourself. <laughs> this is the radio. You can be proud of yourself, but you, you have to emote that with words. I thought that was a good pun. My brother Henry used to go out with a girl called Mary Fish. <laughs> uh, brilliant, from Hannah in Norwich. Uh, what's the story behind the photo of John and Russell on his MySpace page? Oh. It's lovely to see some gay love, but also slightly disturbing. Well, we've said this story, I'm sorry to say, on the air before. It was John and Russell who put leather jackets on. My leather jackets. Your leather jackets. You own more than one. You can't be seen bowling. What if you get a tear in one of your leather jackets? <laughs> you need a backup. Um, they put leather jackets on, took everything else on their tops off, uh, took a photo, pretending that they'd just taken the photo. And really, I know that they affected lighting. They had uh, makeup. We did and not have. We did had no makeup. And actually, people, members of the general public, have said to me, "You're wearing muscle tops on that photo." And I'm like, "No, that's the real deal." No, that's airbrushing. Um, they took their tops off and they uh, they they posed, and then they turned up at a gig I was at and turned up with their tops on as if I was going to laugh. I don't laugh at that kind of filth. Well, so it really backfired, didn't it? It was a busy gig, and you walked yeah. in and thought everyone will laugh when we walk in with just leather jackets on. How many people laughed? No one laughed. In no the region saw. of none, wasn't it? Somewhere yeah. between none and one. We just ran upstairs and drank diet cokes, and yeah. were a bit embarrassed. And then you had to leave because you didn't even bring your tops with you, did you? No, you didn't we think, were so we'll, sure. We'll We'd tuck be... our t-shirts into our belts so that when it backfires, we can go upstairs and slip the tees on. Me and Russell are tops off guys. Russell and I. Oh, um, that's why you don't take your top off. You know, that's not the only reason I don't take my top off. There are several, and one is respect for society. Really? Uh, we've got uh, good deeds that backfired coming in 
uh, again. We'll, we'll, we'll read them out, because to be honest, I'm not going to do this again next week. Uh, but uh, a few weeks ago, someone says, I stopped a chav getting beaten up. Uh, I stopped a chav beating up a homeless person in an archway. I could have got hurt myself, but can't bear seeing people get bullied. Um, so that's the nice thing. But then it backfires, but because of her, it's Jules. She says, I then phoned my boyfriend and had a row with him for not protecting me. Right? That, you started that, love. Hey, he well, was, she phoned him. He was on the other side of London. There really wasn't much he could have done, but it made me feel better. I feel a bit bad about that. I think I'll say sorry again. I'll say sorry on your behalf, Jules. That, see, that's why I can't have a girlfriend. I can't be... I've got enough doubts about myself without someone texting me to tell me I'm not protecting them on the other side of the world. <laughs> can't be doing that. And someone texted in. Uh, Richard Cox texted in to say, as a good deed, I went out with a minger in my early 20s. That backfired because she dumped me. I'm not surprised you sound like a beast. Now, you've had texts in that have made you laugh a lot, John. Uh, yeah, I, well, it was a good job Marillion was on because one of them floored me. Have you got them there? Uh, it was a, just a guy who, um, Adam's just bringing it up now, um, we'll read this out. Uh, well, basically, it's just a man called Alf Piano. <laughs> imagine that. I can imagine it, John. The name's, here we go. Hi, there was until quite recently an officer at Berry Council called Alf Piano. I think he has something to do with performance management. Not foodie, but a great name all the same. Cheers, Gary. Yeah. Well, cheers, Gary. And key to the debate. That was brilliant. Uh, morning. One of the reps where I work is called Penny Onions, uh, which, uh, weren't they like a, that sounds like a band. There's the, a lot of onions. Penny Onions. Someone's um, emailed in to say that they knew someone called... Uh, Mr. Onions works with us, but claims his name is O-Nions. Yeah, it's not, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, there's a cricketer called Graham Onions. What inspires anyone, let alone Mr. and Mrs. Onions, to call their child Graham? I doubt whether Graham's beef is with the name uh, Graham, to be honest. Uh, my wife's dancing structure was Gladys Organ. Uh, when she told me, I nearly wet myself with laughter. <laughs> I was like, one of your lot, this is an absolute belter. I can't believe this is real. I once had to call a work colleague in the US called Chip Shop. <laughs> I, I did manage to get through the call without falling about Grant in Aberdeenshire. There can't be a man called Chip Shop. S-H-O-double-P-E. That can happen in America because they don't have chip shops. But if he came over here, he'd just be, we'd worship him as a king pretty Do much. Do they not have we? chip shops? No. Fry booths. <laughs> Fry diners. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can't believe there's a man called Chip Shop. And shocking news coming in. Uh, apparently someone's son's just eating a honey sandwich in nothing but his pyjama top. What? Yeah, I know, I know. Sick. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, action and reaction are equal and opposite, Sir Isaac Newton. I have no idea what that text means. It's come in. Action and reaction are equal and opposite, Sir Isaac Newton. I mean, thanks for trying to educate the nation. Mm. It's nice, though. To Did I mention action and reaction? Is that... Uh, is that could that be a mundane story they want the tabloids to get hold of? Because it wasn't mundane at the time. No, well, Newton tried spreading it, didn't he? Ooh, and well. he even did that naked horse ride to try and publicise it, and that didn't really take off. Hi, John and John. I noticed two interesting, you'll be the judge of that, things yesterday morning. Firstly, two overprivileged people deciding not to go out together was deemed more important than 12 people getting blown up in Iraq. Mm. Uh, secondly... Uh, Kate and Will item on the news consisted mostly of interviews with tabloid photographers saying things like, it's just such a shock. We never saw it coming. Apparently they can't take the intrusion. I don't know what they mean. Uh, I'm not sure what my point is. I just feel better having got that off my chest. And that's from John Stump. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well it's, it's really kicked off the Amy and uh, not the Amy. I've looked at we've got Amy Winehouse coming up, which I'll play for people who like Amy Winehouse. I must say I don't. Um, ironic that she's called Winehouse because she really has come to like wine and probably has some in her house. <laughs> that is poor. That is poor. <laughs> I really fancy her. Do you? Yeah. Oh no. I, yeah. She With her hair really... and her mm -hmm. face and her yeah. moving, and her arrogance. Oh, oh I yeah. couldn't handle the two of you in a room. What? She, she looks like she goes, mm-hmm. Oh, God, imagine. Oh, she doesn't go, mm. Oh, I can't do the voice. Just yeah. go, mm. I bet she does. I bet if you, she'd be arrogant about ridiculous stuff, like if you went, oh, what you, what's your favourite thing to have on toast? She'd go, Marmite. Mm-hmm. And you go, no need to be proud of yourself. You didn't invent Marmite. This is why you can't have relations Marmite, with Marmite, I mean, it used to be yellow, and fair enough, she, she convinced them to go back to black with Marmite. Did you know? I'm better than anyone thinks. That got nothing. That's one of her songs, isn't it? Oh, right. Black. Mm-hmm. If you bang Marmite, it turns white. I do white. not. I do not. And I, you... Anyone who's saying that, to be honest, I buy the big jars because I use a lot of Marmite. <laughs> and I won't have anything else said. Well, before this goes any further and rumours is... If you bang it, it goes white. If you white. hit it, if you hit Marmite with the back of a spoon for long enough, it turns white. If you hit Marmite with the back of a spoon, it turns white and you need to go out and make some friends. Hey, John. Tell me about your guest this week. Oh, all right, Ross Park 3000. My guest this week is uh, Touchy McToot, uh, who's joining me in the studio. Isn't it time we talk to me? Oh, not time yet. Uh, we will be talking to Russell Howard, hopefully. To be honest, he's not answering his phone at the moment, uh, but we're constantly pestering him. We will talk to him about his gig and the TV work he's apparently doing. Uh, emails coming in. Uh, we're entering the last half hour. It's gone really quickly. I've really enjoyed today. I've had great Thanks fun. for all your texts. Uh, it's been lovely. And then, of course, we hand over to the Music Week at one o'clock. They've got cool stuff. They're talking to the Kings of Leon today, who, of course, were in Swindon last night down the oasis weren't they big names coming to swindon now i'm not saying it's because of me but it's because of me um so yeah they were at the oasis in swindon and they've also got mark ronson talking about covers i read a good article about him in the paper this week um good deeds coming in someone said this is the end of it now this is a good deed that was just a good deed so it didn't backfire uh, you seem to be getting a little bitter alison says so i thought i'd throw you a lifeline my friend went at university got smashed one night on tequila slammers good deed uh, she <laughs> then staggered back to what she assumed to be her student accommodation block, then went into what she assumed would have been her room had she been in the right building. Turned out to be the boys' accommodation building and she was in the boys' toilet. Being smashed, she thought this was as good a place as any to sleep, so I got down on the floor and lost consciousness. Lovely days, university, learning about life. Uh, in the morning, she woke up to find a pillow under her head and a duvet over her and a note with the room number of the secret helper. She took the duvet and pillow back to the owner. Fifteen years later, they are both dead. Now, they're married with three beautiful children. Really? So that's a cracking story, isn't it? Well, that you cannot top that. I mean, that headlines. Alison, that, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. But what you worry about is, was one of those children conceived while he was putting the pillow on? No, you head? don't worry about that. <laughs> and if you do, you worry about it in your own head, in your own time, you little pervert. 100% um, belter feedback. Uh, what's wrong with that song? Colin in Dumfries. Nothing. Oh, well, a couple of people, not so sure. Uh, hi, John. Top belter. But I'm getting quite worried that you seem to have the same music taste as me. Don't worry about it. It's cool. We're trendy. John, you're lovely and funny. But as a DJ, you take seems to hover between Mike Reed and DLT. Well, Mike LT. Look out. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> or D. Reed, which sounds like a band from the 90s. Uh, my word, a decent Marillion song. That's all that one one says. So I hope maybe I've turned someone on to Marillion, or maybe I've just turned someone on. Um, yes, two exclamation, three exclamation marks. Marillion are excellent. I once went to Comedian, the other Will Smith's tour, Misplaced Childhood, which was equally good. So why don't we plug Will Smith, the comedian? He's fantastic, and he's into Marillion as well. So that's uh, Belter feedback done. And while we're doing nice deeds, a massive thank you to uh, Matt in North Wales, who sent into the show this week. I've talked a lot about you've been framed because I like watching old people falling over. He sent in a DVD that's just clips of people falling over. So a big thank you to him. So it's got nice again now. All right, so let's do a short, short, let's do a short, short. <laughs> let's do a short, surely now. We're going into the last 15 minutes. John Robbins, I believe you read something in paper this week. What's wound you right up? Well, it wasn't that I, I, it's not something I read in the paper. It's something I watched on the BBC website. Uh, it was a phenomenal website, but they have this audio. All right, mate, you've got the job. It's fine. No, you check up here genuinely, <laughs> BBC website, one of the first websites I check every day before my MySpace and my Facebook. Um, but don't join him on his MySpace. People, I don't mind having uh, a MySpace no. page, that's fine, but you're not allowed to slyly mention it and pretend you're... What you meant there is, I've got a MySpace and Facebook, and if I didn't mention it the first time, I've got a MySpace and a Facebook. You stop Why don't right you check there. It? Oh, my name's John MySpace. Oh, what am I talking about, John MySpace? It's John Robbins, but I have got a MySpace. Uh, this if is you coming want from... friends, John, just cry, and they will come to you. That's all I do. This is coming from John Richardson, who for an entire year, when I lived with him, totally besmirched the idea of having a MySpace page whatsoever in the last four weeks since he's got one. He's now got more friends than me, and I earned those friends, but he's just mentioned it. You earned those friends by constantly saying to them, did I mention MySpace? <laughs> Honestly. Oh. So go on, what's, well, your, what's we your news It's turned nasty again now. It hasn't turned nasty. It's, you only think it's nasty because you lost that argument. I did not I lose it. that argument. More friends than me, unbelievable. Anyway, the story that really, this really, really annoyed me. It's the story about a parent stroke toddler nightclub uh, which has been set up in London, of all places. Um, it's called Baby Grooves. It's run by what I can only describe as a coin-eyed, cosm-gobbed, chasm-gobbed little Fauntleroy, whose dad <laughs> clearly already owns Suffolk, so he thought, well, there's nothing better to do. I might as well set up a nightclub for toddlers, because, let's face it, children's childhoods last far too long, so let's ruin... Let's just put them in offices as soon as they're bored, born. As soon and, as they're bored. <laughs> and this, this DJ... Um, <laughs> In, they asked a guy who was there with his kids. This is a nightclub you take toddlers to, right? And they got. Beer I don't there. take toddlers anywhere. Well, you sh well, they interview one of the dads, and I just really wanted to punch this man in the face when he said, "Well, you know, it's either this or walking around the park." And I figure this is the least boring of the two options. What an expletive deleted! Yeah. Because if you want to take away the right a child has to be in a park and look at bees and play in grass and look at trees and learn about the world, and you want to take that away, and I'd rather put them in this absolutely appalling nightclub, which is just a kind of publicity stunt for rich people. Yeah. I find it thoroughly uh, abominable. Mm. What music would you play at uh, a toddler's nightclub? That was the thing. They weren't even playing, like, Teletubbies and stuff. They were playing adult music. The adults were there drinking beers. If you have this kids, is... you have a responsibility to give them a childhood for as many years as possible. Well, childhood can include music. My issue with it, I've, I've got no, no problem really with the idea of clubs for kids to go to. I mean, I imagine it's a lot of fun when you don't really know about music. See, that's, I still have, I'm still like a child for music. I don't, I'm not really into analysing music. Like, you talk about solving albums. You mm. listen to stuff that you're not enjoying to I... one day work out how you enjoy it. Now, for me, if I'm not enjoying it, I'll just switch it off and listen to something else. A lot of people could learn from that, right? I just think, well, I'm like a child. If you listen to something that makes you feel good, listen to it, bounce around to it. And I imagine that a nightclub for kids could work like that. If you just put stuff on, they don't know what they're doing, they're running around bouncing. The problem is, 
they've really got it for parents that are too lazy to raise their own children, and it comes down to exactly. the crux of the issue. Some people have kids who shouldn't be allowed to have kids. Mm. Like, I get a lot of stick about carbon footprint and stuff. What about society footprint? What about people who are ruining generations to come? Not because they fly to Spain once a year, but because they've had kids that the world doesn't need, and that they don't really know how to raise. Mm. Good point. <laughs> I'm not really going to agree with you or disagree with you there. I think I'll leave that up for the general public to decide. I mean, everyone has the right to have kids, but I think if you're going to then... I think it's right that you will. You do stand to lessen the good they do in society by taking them to nightclubs instead of taking them to the park. Your flaw there is you've said everyone has the right to have kids, and they do, but that is a problem. Because the government has the power to restrict your ability to drive. They can stop you driving. They can stop you owning pets, but they can't stop you having kids. That seems ridiculous to but me. This, well, this... Well, you're dead. You're on very dodgy territory. I'm just laying it down for the people. You're laying it down for the people, are you? Do you think people are going to complain that I've said that people shouldn't be allowed to have kids? Um, I think they should just be monitored. Um, <laughs> that sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah. Should, <laughs> yeah, that is worse than not being able to have them. They should just be, you know, given a ten-point plan of how to, you know, don't hit the kid, don't take him to a nightclub, don't give it drugs, you know. There are it. too many people in the world. That, that can't be adequately policed. That is true. So you're listening to the silence of debate. <laughs> Mull it over, text in, 64046, 10 minutes left. I'm pretty sure we can solve uh, the problem of whether people should or shouldn't have kids in the last 10 minutes. Russell.6music at bbc.co.uk, 64046, nightclubs for kids. Good idea or not. Now, there's a feature on the website now. I play my 100% belter. There's a feature, you know, I'm willing to play a 99% belter for someone. If there's a song you think I like, you know, just send it in. I'll maybe just play it on the show. What's really taken off today, uh, thankfully people haven't really been inspired by our hateful band. Uh, they have been inspired by our talking about people with stupid names. Uh, a good friend of mine's sister uh, married an American called Chuck Mango. Uh, I would have refused to go to the wedding. Imagine the scene to you, Chuck Mango. Uh, that's from Rick in Switzerland. Well, he's put a lot of work into that. That was lovely. Yeah, that's a routine. I'm guessing he's a stand-up and he knows what he's doing. If you're not a stand-up, Rick, you should be open with that. Mm. I got a buddy, Chuck Mango. And they're already laughing, and oh, if yeah. they're not, tough crowd, just walk off, you're better than that. Um, I knew a guy at uni called Douglas Douglas. Uh, every time he had to give his full name for something, people thought he'd either taken the mick or was just a bit slow. Why would you call- I mean, that's mum and dad have seen that, haven't they? You've, mm. If your name's Douglas, what's the first name you wrote- what we're calling our child, Mrs Douglas? Hey, let's just put a line through Douglas now, shall we? And Flange. Let's put lines through Flange and Douglas, and then take it from there. Idiot. Though Doug Douglas is quite cool. The name's Douglas. Doug Douglas. It's quite cool in a pretend 80s cop drama. This right. is real life, John. Well, sometimes you have to live in a pretend 80s cop drama. Yeah. Will you phone my fr I'm afraid I'm ill. Will you phone my boyfriend? What's he called? Douglas Douglas. Look it up in the phone. It's under Douglas and Douglas. It's under Douglas, comma, Douglas, and then Douglas Douglas. And now they're laughing. She's ill. No one's coming. Douglas isn't coming, because he's explaining to someone in McDonald's that his name's actually Douglas Douglas. Uh, whilst a student and living in Montague Street in Rodbourne, Swindon, I don't really know Rod Porn, I just, A419, A420, that's all I'm about. My next door neighbour was, was called Alfred Cheese. Um, also, you were on the subject of empty prams earlier. My boyfriend was once waiting outside a local cape shop in Basingstoke. We've all been there. <laughs> Very lazy, the cape makers in Basingstoke. If I want a cake and I'm in Basingstoke, you better have it ready for me. Um, she was purchasing a pasty. 
in a cake shop. Mental. Uh, in the window was a decorative cake with the Flintstones on top. A lady with a pram came up to him whilst he was admiring the cake and said that she affectionately calls her spouse Fred Flintstone as he often shouts her name like Wilma. She said it makes her laugh but often wakes the baby and gestured to the baby in the pram. Imagine my friend's horror when looking into the pram he saw not a baby but a little dog laying on its back panting with its paws tucked over the blanket. Oh, that is vile. Oh, there are some mental people out there and I want to meet every one of them because I'm running out of jokes. Um, one of my best friends is called Dave Moist. <laughs> this kept me amused for the majority of my years at university. Oh, and John has spelt calendar calendar on oh, MySpace. I've had this but I'm not a pedant so I'm happy for the odd spelling mistake to come in makes me look vulnerable. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that. I mean, I'm a human being. I'm not you've like just, a We robot. had an argument off air and you've just put me as a best friend on MySpace. I want you to take me off. I can't be linked with this grammatical inaccuracy and this preying on vulnerable women. Yeah, sorry, I made a spelling mistake, but my cat died this morning, so why don't you just take your knickers off? Um, hi, John and John. One of my friends went out with a fella called Keith Lorraine which led us to think up oh, food menus nice. using people's names, such as my favourite, Trish Fingers. How do you like them onions? I like those onions a lot. Well, John, it's been a pleasure. You're back in next week. Am I now? Well, yeah, that's after a good that, point, actually. parting little joust. Maybe I'll get Gary Pees on next week. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing this week? Are you doing anything that you want your vulnerable MySpace fans uh, to come to? That you want no, to I'm deleting there? my MySpace page and I'm just putting a... I'm going to put a, a, a little uh, transcription of the conversation we had earlier about that girl you saw going in to buy a paper in Bristol. If you were driving around Bristol this week, you see a man, he's on the pavement, he's crying about the tragedy in the world, the death of leaves at this time of year. Maybe a pigeon's just cried. That'll be John Robbins. Go over, say hello. Uh, I'll I'll be about this week. Uh, thanks for all your texts and emails. It's been a fantastic show today. I've enjoyed your company and uh, we'll see you again next Sunday. We didn't get Russell Howard. He never called. Uh, he doesn't do that, but we'll try and get him on the website. He's supposed to be recording a travel blog. We will try and get that on the website, uh, but we'll definitely talk to him next week. Music week coming up. Thanks. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Six music.